I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I am here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Welcome to the show, J.C. Thank you. We are, so you sound too excited to be here, so... We are uh, we are excited to bring to you today's constitutional truth uh, in the face of fake news and media, and you know it. You you can't escape the tragedy that is happening in California that has been happening in California. People, it, this is just terrible. JC and I talked about this on the Daily Journal, and. Um, the, the videos that are coming out from people, the, the destruction, the terror of trying to escape the destruction is, is just simply that is something that is, is horrifying. And from somebody who lives in Florida dealing with hurricanes, you know, this is something completely different because what's happening is, these people are being overtaken by a fire that you can't predict its path, that it moves in different directions at, at what, what you said like this week, it was like 60 mile an hour winds from, from this, from these fires and, and not only from the fires, but from the wind itself. Right. I mean, that's almost a hurricane one. That's a tropical storm. Yeah. Well, I was saying I don't know some show about the fire and that that the fire could move like up to fifty or sixty miles an hour. The fire itself. Yeah. See, that's just crazy, and it's and it's not a weather thing pattern. So, y- with a hurricane, you can sort of map it out because of the way the 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 uh, jet stream moves and all those those other things. But this is just f- erratic, and so it's a very very scary thing, and. It's something that we've talked about before on this show, JC, because you and I spent a lot of time in the Northwest teaching about the Constitution. We've taught about the destruction that has actually occurred in the Northwest and in the Western states because of these fires, because of the federal government's intervention. Uh, The federal government, through the EPA, through the Federal Forestry Services, has prohibited the 
residents of their states to properly maintain their land, to properly maintain their forests. And we have talked to people directly who are actual experts in this, who make their livelihood of this. And the fact that the Forestry Service and the EPA will not allow the, the, the residents to clean up their forest floors creates a situation where what they term technically as fuel, and that's fallen limbs and dead trees laying all over the place, fuel that increases the, the power of the fire just simply lays on the ground, and when the fires occur, it makes it nearly impossible to stop them, and we're seeing that. And the interesting thing that's coming out, and of course, we're not hearing about this a lot in the mainstream media, and as a matter of fact, uh, most of it's being uh, dismissed by the mainstream media, Jerry Brown, on September 26th, 2017, on a Saturday nonetheless, and I'm looking this up because this is from the Los Angeles Times, an article of September 27th, 2016. Jerry Brown, Saturday, vetoed a bill spearheaded by uh, Laguna Beach Councilman Bob Whalen that would have required the state to increase their uh, precautions and prevent damage uh, caused by fires to uh, the forest and to power lines. And so this was SB 1463. Passed unanimously in the California House and Senate. Yeah. And uh, Jerry Brown, the governor, vetoed this bill. And it would have required the California Public Utilities Commission and the State Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, or otherwise known as CAL FIRE, to map out and identify steps that cities must take to prevent fires and uh, to protect uh, overhead electrical equipment. Okay, so we're talking about power lines and stuff like this. Uh-huh. Now, Jerry Brown vetoes this bill because he says the process is already taking place administratively and should be handled administratively through uh, the uh, California Fire Commission. So what he's saying is we can't have our legislators legislating law. We have to have our bureaucrats Mm -hmm. dragging out this process. Yeah, and this is the stuff that Trump was referring to. Yeah, this is the stuff that Trump was referring to. Not not delicately enough. No, the problem is he led with this. Right. You know, so there's a time and a place for everything. So I, I don't think. It's time to talk you're about in, this. You're in the middle now. of stuff on fire and people dying. And right. Let's let's save this for a little later. So it, that's where he took. He kind of got punched in the eye by not being empathetic and sympathetic to mm-hmm. what was going on. Uh, Waylon. Not, not that he was wrong, but yeah, a little too early for that kind of thing. Waylon, who is the co-sponsor, was the sponsor, the chief sponsor of this bill, said. Uh, Clearly, this is a major disappointment to the city and to other cities and counties that had stepped forward to endorse this bill. This bill would have provided important direction to the commission in its current regulatory process concerning fire safety and overhead utility lines. Now, this is 2016. 
you have to look back and ask what what could have have changed if this process could have been started two years ago yeah it's pretty sad very sad and you got to ask yourself then what is the motivation for governor brown to veto in a state that is that is that loves to regulate people in cities and counties right what would be the motivation for jerry brown to to stop what would be uh visibly something more beneficial right than regulating you know the other things that jerry brown likes to regulate like what you can eat and what you can wear and that sort of thing right so the question becomes uh what when are we going to realize that the people who live in these cities, who live in these counties, want to prevent this from happening, but then you have government over them in every single level that prevents them from taking care of and managing their own property. And this is what we've been saying for a very, very long time uh, about the Federal Forestry Service, about the EPA. You've got bureaucrats that make decisions for people who live in places where they have the chiefest of motivations to manage and take care of their land, and these people don't care. And then you find out from these people who are living in these areas that you have entire industries that have been wiped out because of these regulations that, that... that prevent the people from taking care of their land, that prevent the people from cleaning up the forest floors, that uh, and using, oh my goodness, we know these people said you can use this stuff. It doesn't have to sit and rot on the forest floor. This is actually uh, a valuable part of somebody's economy. And you can benefit the forest and you can profit from it at the same time, and yet these regulations created by bureaucrats that don't care about these people, who don't care about their land, create these regulations that prevent that. And now we've eliminated industries and we've created a, an economic situation where there are people in these areas that become financially dependent upon the fires. We had a couple years ago a situation where the people were uh, found out that somebody in uh, who started some of the fires, and I, and I think it was Oregon, I'm not sure, maybe it was Northern California, started the fires because they needed FEMA money. And so you have industries that have been wiped out. You have people that have become uh, addicted to this FEMA funding. They sit literally wait every single year for fire season so they can get their FEMA money to live off of the rest of the year. And I just wonder, knowing that as a fact, is this why Jerry Brown would veto a bill that could potentially protect its people, potentially uh, diminish the impact of these fires? Has Governor Jerry Brown become addicted to FEMA money? And I think that's a very, very legitimate question to ask. How many of these states and their governors have become addicted to FEMA money? I know that's a fact bec- uh, in many situations because when you start talking to state legislators about their 
uh, dependence on the federal government and how they can get away from, you know, federal regulations and their authority under the Tenth Amendment, under the Constitution, under their their duty to check and balance. They have an authority to say to the federal government, your regulations are not welcome here. Your uh, agencies are not welcome here. And the minute you start showing them, they don't deny the fact that they can do that. What they start saying is, well, if we do that, they'll start denying our funding. They'll start taking away our, how will we fund our hospitals? How will we fund our schools? We'll lose our Medicaid. We'll lose this, that, and the other. So they don't deny their, their authority and their duty to deny the federal government's intrusion. But what they start talking about is federal funding. And I think this is one, and now that we're seeing all of this happening, I think that this is something that needs to enter into the discussion on every single level of government. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show, here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And now that we are uh, in, in the situation where we have to start looking back and trying to figure out how to fix things, we're past the drama of the midterm. Now is the time to get involved in your state and local levels. Now is the time to get active. And it was interesting, J.C., because um, we spoke... I spoke to the Iridale County uh, Republicans Women's Club last night, or I'm sorry, Thursday night, and we the the leader of the group said, you know what you've taught us is just amazing, Chrisanne, and and we're all about being active. You said with uh, knowledge. Uh, is power, but it is not power until it's activated. How do we get activated? And the answer to that question is get involved local. Get involved in your county commission, in your city council, in your school boards, in your state legislation. Get involved with what's going on in your own backyard. And now that the midterms are over, This is the time when we need to really start being involved. And maybe you weren't involved before midterms. Maybe you've never been involved before. But this is the time now. You really want solutions. you got to get into the political system. And it's funny because we, uh, I also taught uh, a group of homeschool students in North Carolina on Wednesday. And I asked them, how many of you pay attention to politics? How many of you listen to current events? How many of you watch the news? And one of the students said, well, I do, but I don't really want to. He says, I'm not really interested in politics. And I said, well, they sure are interested in you. And all of the other students sort of laughed and they were and they were agreeing, you know, because that's the thing. You can ignore politics all you want, but you're ignoring politics does not make it go away. As a matter of fact, quite the opposite. It makes it worse. Right. And we have to get involved. And if voting is all that you're doing, then you're not involved. So I'm not saying, 
you know, you got to take on the entire establishment tomorrow. I'm saying today, map out when your county commission meetings are. I mean, how many people actually know when and where their county commissioner meetings take place? Map them out. Fit them into your schedule. Map out your city council meetings. Fit them into your schedule. The school board. It doesn't matter if you have children in the school or not. Be involved in the school board. Because believe it or not, the future of America comes from those places. And you have a right to be involved in what they're teaching. My goodness, everybody knows your tax dollars are paying for it. If that money is coming out of your pocket, you have a right to be involved in it. And you shouldn't let anybody tell you, well, you don't have kids in this school, so whatever. No, no, no. My, You are forcing me to pay for this. I'm going to force you to hear me. And that's that's what we the kind of perspective we need to have. Map out when your state legislators are in session. Find something that means something to you. Gun control. Land regulation, water regulation, zoning. Find something that means something to you and get involved. It's, it's only too late to start when you never start. It's time to start now. And if we, we take care of these things on a local level, we can really take control of things on a national level. We've got this new uh, gun legislation bill. JC, you had to know this was coming, right? More gun legislation of course. from the federal government because every time there is a shooting, we, we have to have gun legislation. And so now we have H.R. 7, uh, 7115. I was going to say, is this out of the House? And this is out of the House. Yeah. So this is out of the House. Uh, H.R. 7115 to prohibit the sale, acquisition, distribution, in, com- in commerce, or import into the United States of certain firearm receivers, castings, or blanks, assault weapon part kits, machine gun part kits, and the marketing or advertising of such castings or blanks and kits on any medium of electronic communications to require homemade firearms to have serial numbers and for other purposes. And when we get back after this break, we're going to get into this discussion of gun legislation. We're going to get into this discussion of disarming America. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here. You can always find us at K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com. 
And you can always get excellent, outstanding, above-the-top quality constitutional education at libertyfirstuniversity.com. As a matter of fact, at libertyfirstuniversity.com, we offer you uh, monthly access to all of our courses, but we also make um, many of our courses available on DVD. So you can make a one-time, one-course purchase and share it with your friends and family members. And we're about to talk about this gun regulation, this imposition of gun control on the people by the federal government. And we actually have two uh, DVDs that are available at LibertyFirstUniversity.com that will help you uh, fine-tune your uh, defense of your right to keep and bear arms, shut down these uh, gun control advocates with facts and with history. We have a we have a DVD specifically on the Second Amendment, and then we have a DVD called um, "The Disarming of America," where I walk you through the very history, and and I mention that because it's the exact same history that I'm seeing right here in HR seventy one fifteen. You see, in 1774, after the uh, Boston Tea Party, the governor of Massachusetts, Governor Hutchinson, was literally fired by the king and replaced with uh, Governor Thomas Gage, who was appointed to be the royal military general over Massachusetts, when it's still a colony, right? Right. And so he was given specific orders to disarm the people of Massachusetts after the Boston Tea Party because they did not want to see any of these protests uh, become a, a uh, threat to government itself, right? Because the protests were not about the tax on tea. They were about legislation without representation, warrantless searches, denial of due process, um, uh, impl- implementation of foreign law, and uh, the unlawful incarcer- indefinite detaining of people. Yeah, the T issue was, was just a, a, a mode of action. So Right, you know, it was the, a symbolic the, thing. Right, because it was a way that, they could have effect, you know, they right. could make them feel it. So the big, like all the skirmishes and fights and things going on, because you had, like, you know, we've been looking at Boston Massacre, and you just had this whole, ever since, uh, ever since uh, James, James Otis, Otis Jr. Mm-hmm. stood and, and, and basically made his defense of the writs of assistance, and then, you know, the, everything really, really picked up since then. And, you know, up to the point where, James Otis Jr., as you've talked about before, they came in and, you know, almost beat him to death. In Yeah, the in government the hired uh, mercenaries yeah. to attack him as he was coming out to silence him, right? right. So what you have is this, uh, this uh, denial of freedom of speech through execution. That should sound familiar to some of us who yeah, have so been paying you, attention. So, so there was a big... And it, what was, now what was funny is uh, Samuel Adams you know, was kind of his counterpart, and they say that James Otis Jr. was really the uh, the calming uh, part of that. So he kind of he kind of kept Samuel Adams toned down as much as possible. Well, then uh, James Otis Jr. gets gets whacked, and he's kind of 
eases out of the public sphere and so samuel adams is just unleashed at that point but anyway there's all they had a big uh so it was the anti-importation um movement to block the tea and then anybody that sold the tea so it became a symbolic thing so then you had these that's, merchants you know that's why that that dvd the disarming of america is so important yeah. because this is not a bunch of guys who woke up one morning and decided we're going to throw tea into the no, it's harbor a progression of it's a progression of at least 15 years well yeah and not only that you've active. got well yeah because 15 years of active resistance 17 17 uh 61 is when otis starts yep. the 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 liberty movement through his stand against the writs of assistance so you yes. but you have the government regulating commerce denying the people access to free commerce uh that's why the tea thing was about because it wasn't about the tax Right. It was about the fact that the federal government was saying you have to buy this tea. It's against the law to buy that tea. Yeah, it, on top mandating it, purchases. And then with all the other things, the Townsend Act, the you know the Sugar Act, all that sort of stuff. So the tea was just the tea was just a form of protest, right? It wasn't about the tea specifically or only, uh, but it was a way that they pushed back. And mm -hmm. so we're not buying this. And then you had merchants. There were merchants in the town, like one famously where the, where the, the big deal happened, February 22nd, prior to the uh, Boston Massacre on March 5th. You know, there were these uh, merchants that the, that the Bostonians were kind of harassing, essentially, mm -hmm. because they continued to sell uh, the tea. Right. Like one guy said, hey, man, I, I bought this tea before you made the law and here i'm right. stuck with this stuff what am i going to do i got to sell it you know what right what can i do so they're harassing this guy and so the, all these skirmishes are going on and all this protest and all this pushback and that's when gage and all these guys were sent to get them under control and so you have i mean imagine today imagine your town uh being singled out as unpatriotic and then the next thing you know You've got armed troops, SWAT teams, special forces roaming all around your town, stationed all around your town. Everywhere you go, you see these harassing armed troops your businesses. harassing people. And so this that was wow, sounds like Burns. That was well, the Oregon. Yeah, yeah. So that was the context, <laughs> right? It was like Burns on steroids. And yeah. You imagine Boston, and the whole the whole place was like that, and all these troops. And uh, so you had all these skirmishes and fights and 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 all kind of things like that going on. And uh, so this, you know, this stuff was seriously coming to a head by the time you get to the Boston Massacre. I mean, people are, you know, soldiers and and uh, Bostonians are beating the stew out of each other. Well, the well mostly the soldiers are getting the stew beat out of them. Right. Well, this is the reason that I brought this up, because, you know, we've had these skirmishes now and you've got the Boston Tea Party, which is a very bold, a very, very bold and aggressive um, protest against what what the the federal government oh, federal government there's my Freudian right what the British government is doing and the king tells Gage you've got to disarm these people after everything that we've been seeing now because remember um, uh, the people actually left and we know this to be a fact because John Adams writes about it the people actually left. Uh, James Otis Jr.'s court case in 1761, he says, 
John Adams said, ready, ready to, to pick up arms, right. right? So they're ready. They're ready to move, and the British government knows this. The king knows this, and he tells Gage, you have to disarm them. Well, Gage bucks, and he says, no way. There is no way I can disarm these people because they're, they're, they outnumber me, and they outarm me. Yeah, he says in his letters this, this, is, this was futile. Futile, yeah. Even prior to it, it's really kind of a funny story. I mean, as sad as the Boston Massacre is, but prior to that, kind of what led to that, in fact, where Crispus Attucks was working in the the uh, dockyard, you know, the, the, he was a rope maker. Yeah. Um, and the uh, there was, I think, one soldier, and he's uh, he starts harassing, well, actually comes down and, and says, you know, I want to get a job, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you want a job? So the, the leader of the rope maker says, oh, you want a job? Okay, I'll give you a job. Go clean out. Go clean my outhouse. Of course, he doesn't say outhouse. Yeah, so yeah, right. Historians <laughs> famously like to repeat this tale, and so then the soldier challenges the guy. The rope maker gets up, beats the crap out of him, and they're all having a good time <laughs> and hooping and hollering. And oh my goodness! He leaves, and then a little bit later, the soldier comes back with seven other guys, seven other soldiers, uh-huh. and uh, go at him again, and they beat the crap out of these seven soldiers. <laughs> this keeps going like three times. Yeah. They finally bring back an entire, uh, I don't know, company or whatever, yeah. division, mm-hmm. uh, 40 soldiers, uh, and come at these rope makers again. Well, same result. They beat the crap out of 40 soldiers. <laughs> and so this is this is like, this what led up. I, could j- I have pictures in my mind right now of people that I know listening to the show right now going, whoa, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, so that was the deal. I mean, that, that Talking was, about you, Scout. <laughs> that was just prior to Boston Massacre. And in fact, Christmas Addicts was one in the group uh, that had, you know, rolled these soldiers before. <laughs> and JJS is, is hooping and hollering right now for us, too. So, so you know, that it was a people. All, that's funny because we just sort of talked about this with the homeschool group. And mm-hmm. one of the kids was asking and, and you and you and I heard this when I was a kid, you know, and you hear it. Oh well, what caused the Boston massacre was the the snowballs, and they're hitting this guy with a snowball and ice and rocks or whatever, and so that's kind of the simplistic thing that you hear, sort of the immediate cause of these people getting shot, um, you know, this pelting the soldier. But the fact of the matter is, if you want to say anything that caused the Boston massacre, the the one thing I would say tension, yeah, and the and it was this what you're talking about, right? This the, all of this oppression and tyranny and the people pushing back and then the government pushing back and y- these fights and skirmishes skirmishes and th- and people actually getting killed and then you know you have uh just a the 11 year old boy getting right killed. just a little while so it was one of these merchants mm-hmm. that were selling tea and they got in front of his house they had actually they actually uh <laughs> the school kids were let out early this day they make a cutout of the merchant's face and put it on a pole and they planted it in front of his store, and they were pelting the face with rocks and and stuff, and and uh, and then they had um, they had another one where the the uh, the kid had a sign, and um, what did he call it? Uh, uh, anyway, it had this sign of mocking. Uh, uh, actually, the sign was in the shape of a big finger, uh-huh. and it had a word on it mm-hmm. like. Uh, uh, seller or something implying yeah. him selling this tea, mm-hmm. and it and the finger they were pointing the finger at the Mm -hmm. store so this tory comes by and he tries to wrestle the finger sign away from the kids and he doesn't (laughs) the 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 people these 
stories say he was a buffoon. Anyway, long story short, this guy gets so mad and he ends up firing into the crowd and he shoots this 11-year-old boy who was actually just walking by trying to see what was going on. He kills 11-year-old boy. And that had happened. That that was prior to that same day uh, or prior to the Boston Massacre, the day that they were fighting with these soldiers. And so Boston was an absolute powder keg waiting to explode. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. JC, this is our last segment of the first hour. So we have to say goodbye to those who only carry us for the first hour. But remember, uh, you need to hear this. So you've got to go to chrisannhall.com. You can go to SoundCloud. If you go to SoundCloud, uh, get the Chris Ann Hall Show on SoundCloud. Make sure you heart and follow so that uh, you can help us uh, make uh, this show uh, something that uh, other people will see and be encouraged to watch. The more you like, the more you follow, the more you share, the more other people will be able to hear this. You know, so many people say to me, Chrisanne, I'm so frustrated by the fact that, that, the, that Fox and CNN and all these news, is they don't talk like you do. I'm frustrated by, by that. Well, we, they are who they are. We're not going to change that. What we need to do is get this message out, right? And we can make this message popular. We can take back the narrative by sharing this show and by sharing the teaching that we yeah. have. Instead of trying to change them, how about take their place? Right, exactly. That's <laughs> my point. Let's not try to change them. Let's let's take their place. But you know, all and I wish that I could share with everybody oh, the yeah. amazing things that are going to be happening in 2019. Sure. I wish that I could, but I I can't share these things. But there are so many amazing things going to be happening with Chris Ann Hall Show, ChrisAnnHall.com, uh, in 2019. That I'm just I'm I'm just so uber excited about it. I'm busting because we're so close to 2019 now. But nonetheless, uh, but that's the, the so what I was laying down that's the context of what you're talking about so when the fr- when the framers talk about a long train of abuses right, right right and so you have this just people being harassed being tyrannized all these oppressive laws then they're literally being bludgeoned and beaten and killed by this tyrannical government and so here is gage add insult to injury up the ante we're doing all this to you now we're gonna take your guns yeah but see gage doesn't do that at the beginning okay? right so he doesn't do that and here's yeah the that's thing. what i'm saying it was a slow progression this so they're trying to whittle away and and restrict and yeah restrict but you're getting ahead restrict. of this you're yeah. getting ahead of us because we're we're missing this history that that actually applies to hr 7115 because of the text that i wrote and it is a gradual progression and uh yes um uh, George Mason actually talks about it when they're trying to ratify the Second Amendment. Yep. He says uh, 40 years ago when the uh, idea to to control the American people came about, the uh, parliament was advised by an artful man who was governor of Pennsylvania to disarm the people, that it was the best and most effectual way to enslave them, but not to do it openly. Yeah. 
but to do it, to weaken them and do it gradually. And that's what we're talking about, this weaken, this gradualization taking of the firearms. Bit and by bit. So the king tells Gage to disarm the, the people, and Gage says, no, I, I can't do that right now. And he actually says to the king, not directly, but obviously through the advisors, hey, look, if you want them disarmed, it's got to come from you. You got to be the one to do this. Now, the king doesn't want to be the one that does this, right? Because if the king disarms the people, that's that means his head's on the chopping block, right? Because in a kingdom, the government's easy to control. You know who is the offender, right? So you just mount up a rebellion and you chop off the king's head. So the king doesn't want to be this. So he tells Gage, I don't care what you have to do. You got to get these people under control. So Gage starts enforcing what we know the intolerable acts to be. Right. And uh, then you get the the Boston Tea Party. You get all of this stuff. And uh, Gage starts off by... Um, going, uh, taking troops in the cover of night to Charleston and um, dis- and taking the powder from a powder house. Yeah. Now, that's the ammunition of the people. Yeah, so not the gun itself. Not the gun itself. He takes the powder, right? So making this long story short, uh, as we move forward, we see the king actually coming to the realization, hey, they're not going to be able to do this themselves. Uh, Gage has outlawed public protests he has arrested people for protesting his outlawing of the public protests this thing is getting really really out of control so the king realizes he's got to get in and take care of this but here's what he does he does not outlaw firearms he does not say if you're carrying a firearm if you're carrying an assault weapon it is outlawed What he does is he outlaws the importation of firearms, their parts and ammunition, not by outlaw, but by regulation. And when we come back after the break, I'm going to show you how this matches exactly to H.R. 7115. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. I almost said Daily Journal. Monday through Thursday is our Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall show is every Saturday. So if you are only listening on Saturday, you have to go back and go Monday through Thursday because that's when we get into the fine-tuned details of the current events. Taking the stuff that you see in the news every single day and turning it into constitutional, uh, lawful, principled teaching moments. And that's how we take back the narrative. We stop being dictated by it you know that's the one thing that frustrates me jc about the the way our our popular media operates they just get stuck on something and then it's over and over and over again the same words the same argument the same blah 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 and so brainwashing 
Oh, man. But it, and then you sit there and you're thinking, ah, you're driving me crazy. Why don't you just say this? Right. We were watching. We were listening to NPR in the car on the way up. And some professors written a book about the biography of of um, uh, Frederick Douglass. And a caller calls in and says, you know, we were you, you 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 can't really refer to black people as abolitionists because all black people were abolitionists because all black people were slaves. And and we both I know we felt it. You know, we were both sitting there thinking, OK, now he's going to say it. Yeah. And he went in into fact. No, not all black people were slaves. And and so he never said that. Yeah. And we're like, OK, you could have taken this moment and done a beautiful teaching moment you've got a great audience here that's obviously listening they 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 want to know about frederick Douglass. why not teach hey you know what the truth is there were black abolish abolitionists because not all black people were slaves and so these yeah, are the kind of if that's the definition we're you know, right. If he's going to accept that guy's definition. Right. Exactly. Which was nonsense, which was nonsense as well. So that's why we talk about these things Monday through Thursday. Now, H.R. 7115. J.C., I want to go ahead and read this section once again, because this is so relevant to what to what we're doing. Remember, Patrick Henry said, I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that is the lamp of experience. I know no way to judge the future, but by the past. And H.R. 7115 reads, to prohibit the sale, acquisition, distribution in commerce, or import into the United States of certain firearm receiver castings or blanks, assault weapons, part kits, and machine gun parts kits, and the marketing or advertising of such casting or blanks and kits on any medium of electronic communications, to require homemade firearms to have serial numbers and for other purposes. I love how they always tag that on there and for other, other purposes because that means that the regulatory agencies can just make up crap right. as they go along, right? Now, here's the thing. Remember, Patrick Henry said, history is our greatest teacher. And we say those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat its mistakes. Gage calls out to the king, dude, I need some help. I can't do this by myself. And the king, after a series of events, finally says, okay, we've got to do something here. The king does not step up and outlaw guns. The king steps up and issues a regulation that says there will be no commerce of the firearms, the ammunitions, or the parts of these firearms and ammunitions without first receiving a permit from me. Yeah. You see how that works? Because then he can say, well, I didn't outlaw your firearms. So is this House bill called the Tom Thomas Gage Act? I don't know. It ought HR to be. HR 7115. I don't know. The Thomas Gage Act. Yeah, right. So here we have uh, the very same thing that the King of England did. Right, which called in seventeen seventy, which launched a revolution, the exact same thing. Do not disarm them, but weaken them and let them sink gradually. Is what this governor of Pennsylvania advised the king in the mid seventeen hundreds. So these new Democrats, should we stop calling them Marxists and call them Tories? Well, absolutely. I mean, I've always it's called the them new Tories. Tory party. It's the new Tory party. But see, here's the thing. 
and and then and then here's the catch, right? Here's the catch. And and this is something else that I have been wanting to bring up, but I keep missing it with my my ADD brain because there's always so much to cover. Squirrel. But <laughs> squirrel. But um the king then says you can't import these things. That's exactly what this says. There'll be no importation in the United States, right? No commerce amongst each other. That's what they were doing with the merchants. We're, we're telling you you can't engage in this commerce anymore. And the king didn't say, I'm going to outlaw them. He's going to say, you're going to need a permit from me. And then he refuses to issue any permits. Mm, right. Now, this is huge, everybody. This is absolutely huge. And Florida, Floridians, you better perk up your ears because this is happening in your state. It's happening in lots of other states, too. But most uh, obviously to us, because we are Floridians, happening to us. Most Floridians don't realize that conceal and carry permits were moved to the uh, cabinet of the Department of Agriculture. Why would you move conceal and carry permits to the Department of Agriculture? What does the Department of Agriculture have to do with law enforcement? Well, nothing. But the Department of Agriculture is one of those silent elections that happens that nobody pays any attention to, right? Yeah. So you pay attention to the governor, you pay attention to the attorney general where those things should remain, but you sh- you slough off the conceal and carry permits to Department of Agriculture. Then you can slip in somebody who is silently a gun control advocate like into Fry the or Free or whatever her name is into the Department of Agriculture. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, your permit to conceal and carry is controlled by a gun control advocate. And they have to say, well, you can get a permit. We're just not going to be issuing them right now. Or we're not going to be issuing them to these people. Or you have to jump through these 4,000 hoops. Or you've got to pay all this money. And this is exactly what the British government did to our people that spread sparked an entire revolution. Now, listen to me very clearly. I am not telling you to pick up arms against the Commissioner of Agriculture. I am not telling you to pick up arms against your congressman. What I'm telling you is you need to spark a liberty revolution. You need to get active. You need to pay attention. We need a revolution in America, and it's called a revolution of the mind. We have been kept in darkness and ignorance. I mean, seriously, you know I some lefty's going to clip that, like, five-second yeah. phrase when you said, we need a revolution in America? Yeah, so let them clip it. I don't care. I don't care what they say. Uh, they have to take me out of context because to take but, me into context would be a threat to their lies. No, I think we should call America existing in the dark ages of liberty. But it's really interesting you, you talk about this because all the focus in the Florida has been the Gillum, DeSantis... Rick Scott and nobody you nobody's when, talking when about you, the recount when you see the when you see the recount news mm-hmm. Matt Caldwell and Nikki Freed I think it's Freed is never included in the articles nope. right you have to search it specifically and apparently that's the one that's flipped yeah so now the Democrat has has taken that seat so the the one seat that has to do with gun control Thank you. That's the one that's flipped. It it almost makes you think the others were a distraction while they could secretly flip that one. You know, and and that's... Because you remember, now, Adam Mm -hmm. Putnam, Putnam, with all the... uh, Again, 
plenty of criticisms to go around for Adam Putnam. But the one thing that he was in there, if you recall, he expedited the process. So when for for all these issues, uh, he, he was certainly for uh, the right to bear arms, the right? right? To bear arms. So well, at least in a regulatory in, in, in way, that, in, in that, that sense, context, right? As, yeah. In in as much as you know, whatever people's views are, and still care. But nevertheless, he wasn't trying to restrict, you know, restrict that in the sense to keep you from being able to to do right. that. Um, and so now you look at this. Where is it going to go? Now what's going to happen? Yeah, because this you don't have a person with that kind of view. Nikki, uh, Nicole, Nikki Freed. I think it's like Freed. It looks like fried, like fried, like fried chicken. But. And Matt Caldwell. Yeah. So parents. So. And everybody's everybody's excited because apparently DeSantis has been announced the victor. But it's you know what? Um, frankly, Gillum would have been a lame duck. Yeah. He would have been a lame duck. Right. Yeah, he wouldn't have been able to do anything. He wouldn't have been able to do anything, and it might have actually sparked our Republican House and Senate but, to actually act like Republicans. But Freed will. Freed, Freed will be able to because she's yep. she she's autonomous in that yes. in that regard. It's not going to be controlled by the House or the Senate. Uh, you know, all all the I mean, the rest the rest of the government will be Republican. She'll be the lone Democrat in the cabinet, and she has the power over weapons permitting can i can i just say one more time this is why you have to get involved locally okay start paying attention i mean it's not too late this is not uh florida wasn't dumb enough to make this move uh part of a constitutional amendment yet right so you can actually get involved and and change this on the legislative level don't allow the commissioner of agriculture to regulate your right to keep and bear arms out of existence and this is the the crazy thing that's happening in america is this we, we are not even paying attention uh this is this is not about regulating and keeping people safe this is about regulating and keeping people under control this is not about keeping guns from lawbreakers. We already have laws to keep guns from lawbreakers. We don't need more laws to keep people uh, because that's not keeping lawbreakers from guns. That's keeping me from guns. And I, I, when we come back after this break, um, Tucker Carlson took on uh, a Hillary Clinton advisor on gun control and I just I want to play a short clip from this uh, gun control advice uh, this advisor from Hillary Clinton and it gives you a kind of an idea of of where these the lunacy of these gun control advocates they they simply cannot carry a rational conversation because their thoughts are not rational well let me take it this way JC I don't think that their thoughts are not rational. I think that they work so hard to be dishonest about their words that their thoughts seem irrational. That's like Trump said about Snipes. That's mm -hmm. like he said, uh, she's not incompetent. She's very competent, but in a bad way.
The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com. And I want to play this this clip from the Tucker Carlson show where he takes on this Hillary Clinton advisor and uh, talks about how, um, well, I'll just, I'll play it so you guys can hear it. Well, again, the analogy I would use is to the ways we basically made cars safer. There used to be a lot more fatalities on the road, and we institute things like seatbelts and and airbags and other things, vehicles that could basically crush without crushing the passenger. And and background checks is the first way to go. No, no, but but then, then why? No, sincere question, yeah. though. The assault rifle ban, a gun that looks scary, should be banned, okay? That's the position, and a lot of candidates, they should be confiscated. Why should my right to buy that gun be abridged? Why can't being, I be... No, it is, though. Well, no one's being... If you object but to why being... Why shouldn't I be able to buy that gun? Uh, I'm an American citizen. I don't pose a threat to anybody. Why can't I have that gun? I, I think the concern is that people get their hands on assault weapons who commit these crimes. If you want to use your assault weapon on a range, you guess what? Go to a range and keep your gun there and use it there. Well, maybe I want it in my house. And why? I, I don't understand. So You what, want an what assault weapon to is, defend your house. It, Did you hear that? You want an assault weapon to defend your house? Yes, sir. Yes, I want sir. several. <laughs> Thank you very much. Seriously, you want assault weapon to defend your house. Why else would I have an assault weapon? Because here's, here's what he's saying. If you want your assault weapon, keep it at the range. Right? So it's a play toy to him. First off, it's not an assault weapon. It's a defense weapon. It's a defense weapon. Right, right. Exactly. I'm not assaulting people. And look I, I'm, at, I'm preventing people from assaulting me. And see here, here is the denial of the difference between uh, one right and another. Right. Because, oh, well, you let us regulate cars. Yeah. Which, number one, guys, the federal government's got no authority to regulate your cars to begin with. Right. But you let us regulate your cars and it made you safer, didn't it? Well, it, it kept your cars safe. And Tucker Carlson says, I don't use my car to defend myself. Right. Exactly. I, mean, I think that's the key. I have a natural right. Right. To the defense of life, liberty and property. That that's a different issue. Right, exactly. And here's the thing. They didn't outlaw cars. Right. Right? They didn't outlaw cars. Now, his argument is, well, we're not outlawing guns. Yeah. We're just outlawing what you need to use to shoot your gun. Sure. And right? telling you where you can store where it. Where you can store it, where, where you can, can use, it. use it. And these are the kind of things that that become the, the tool. And that's why... Um, Here's let me throw out here another Samuel Adams quote. Uh, Samuel Adams said, when we tamely suffer a lawless attack upon our liberties, we encourage it and we involve uh, and we in, uh, involve others in our doom. He said it's a serious consideration that should weigh heavy upon our hearts that ages and millions yet unborn will be. Uh, miserable suffers of our consequences, right? So you have Samuel Adams' warning becoming prophecy in the face of this idiot who's saying, well, look, you let us regulate your cars, so it's only natural to regulate your guns because this guy even actually says, and I'm, I'm not going to go through the time of pulling up, but he actually says, well, cars kill people. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, seriously, he says cars kill people. Right. Tucker Carlson's like, no, they don't. Right. Yeah. And guns don't kill people. And I loved how he how he shirked this thing. And he said, Tucker Carlson says, I'm an American citizen. I've never hurt anybody. Why should you be able to uh, infringe on my right to keep and bear arms? He says, well, you know, these guns get in the hands of people, right? Yeah. They, they get in the get hands. In hands. They get in the hands of people. Like I was just sitting minding my own business and a gun came and got in my hands. Yeah, it got in <laughs> in the hands of people. <laughs> and and we, we want to keep people safe, right? I mean, this is, it, it's not about you. I love how they anthropomorphize the an inanimate object you know all the things that guns do it's never the person that does it it's the gun and that's the problem again once again you have to deal with this situation where we're not dealing with the real problems every one of these shooters has been somebody with some kind of mental health issue has been followed by police or the fbi long record of police contact has violated the law to do what they did. Yeah. And you have millions of gun owners in America who have never done any of these things. And yet, here we have... We have several guns in our safe that literally never done anything. They've never done anything at all. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. You know, JC, I have to mention this in context. Because if you're, we're going to sit around and complain about the intrusions, uh, we, we're not doing anything at all. We've got to become active participants in in what is going on uh, in opposition to this. Now, I don't mean that we pick up arms and we take it, but I think you need to go buy arms. You need to you need to become a well trained person in this. And I think this is a good slot to drop in a couple things right now. Uh, mark down on your calendars, January nineteen, January twentieth. We are going to have a uh, Chris Ann Hall. In Defense of Liberty Gun Training in uh, Texas. And uh, it's going to be open to 25 people. And uh, now you're going to have to pay for this. It's not, I I think sometimes people get used to Chris Ann Hall traveling and teaching for free. So this is not going to be a Chris Ann Hall free event. You're going to have to pay for this because this is professional gun training that you can use other places. Not only that, we're going to be engaging in self-defense training. So it's not just on the range, but there's going to be on the mat training for self-defense uh, with the bearded black cowboy and uh, the range that he works at and his uh, studio, his dojo that he works at. It's going to be absolutely amazing. You, you want to save up for this. This is your family vacation. You need to listen to the show. Follow us on Facebook. Go to our website, ChristianHall.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, LinkedIn. I will be making an announcement in the next week. 
uh, because you're going to have to plan for this. This is a vacation in defense. And in light of what these people are saying, we've got to become a better and well-trained people when it comes to the right to keep and bear arms and the right to self-defense. And not only that, I want to mention our our sponsor, Richard Kramer, who does gun engravings. And while you are uh, doing your training, why not do it with a beautiful firearm? That is that is an heirloom. Right. And uh, we're going to we're going to be transporting uh, shipping our our Richard Kramer Kimber to Texas so that everybody can see it and see how beautiful it is and why you would want to invest in that. And then then we're also going to be training with it as well. But these are the kind of things that that we want to offer you, not just simply education to make your brain bigger, but application, because knowledge is not power unless it's activated, right? So we need to, sh- to prove to these idiots that, that a well-trained people, law-abiding citizens, don't need to be regulated in these. And as a matter of fact, when you study the history that we have, especially in that America Disarmed DVD that you can get at libertyfirstuniversity.com, you see that the Second Amendment was written specifically in the face of these kind of people. Yeah. Because they're not supposed to be regulating. And this idea that it's commerce, so therefore we can regulate it, is an unlawful, constructive uh, um, uh, increase of power of the federal government that was never, never, never intended. And now Florida is going to be going down you know i was describing to somebody on thursday about how our constitutional amendments in florida have just gone insane and now we've got we're going to have a liberal democrat possibly in the commissioner of agriculture who's going to be controlling our right to keep and bear arms he said man what's happened to florida you guys sound like california how and you got to scratch your head and say how's that possible? Florida for a long time now has had a Republican House, a Republican Senate, a Republican governor, Republican commissioner of agriculture, Republican attorney general, and we look more like California. The only thing we're missing in California is a state income tax and they're trying to do that too. FYI, all those folks were globalist. Yeah. Uh, all we, those uh, Republicans, we, we, well not all of them, but the ones in most power. Of them. The most, most of them, them and the ones in power were globalists, and the ones that were not globalists were afraid of the globalists, so they wouldn't say anything. Yeah, I saw people, uh, we saw, I showed you the clip, what was it, A.B. Stoddard or whatever her name is. Was yeah. On, and I don't know much about her. I don't know she, she's a lefty progressive or whatever. But she says, you know, she said, I'll put this on Rick Scott, which was what we said, I think, the last show. I put this yeah, on Rick Scott. Yeah, we actually said that two days before she said it. And I, you don't know this, JC, but I clipped that from the show and turned that into a short video about how we laid out the evidence that everything that's happening in Broward is Rick Scott's fault. Yep. And, and the fact that he selectively prosecutes and persecutes people based on political ideologies, which are not red-blue. Right. So he prosecutes a a Republican sheriff, but doesn't prosecute a Democrat who's actually guilty. But that was the thing that was happening on that article. First off, Brett Baer is arguing with her about it, about this comment. And 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 the whole basis is because Rick Scott's a Republican. And so Brett Baer is saying, no, it can't be. It can't be. be, 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 He's going back and forth. So it was the 
red versus blue thing. And then you look at the comments on the article. I saw all these people making the comments, and it was all it was all because it, you know, oh, she's a lefty progressive. She's saying this, so it was all about the labels. So people have yeah. no idea actually about Rick Scott's history and actions in Florida. They don't know anything about really who he is. People but in just Florida don't a, know. No, people in Florida don't know. It's because it's just because he has an R, you know, tacked on to his title. That's all they need to know, and so they're they're all arguing for him. When he, we, he's a globalist. When criminal. we teach in Florida on the right to keep and bear arms, sometimes I'm actually moved to to talk about what happened to Sheriff Nicholas Finch by right. Rick Scott in Florida. People yeah. are like, what? Yeah, I just shared it on Instagram. I didn't hear anything about this. What are you talking about? Yeah, because what one of the things, uh, you know. Sh- Rick Scott should have done anything about it. So one of the arguments was, well, she's, what's her name? Uh, Snipe. She's an elected official. He has no authority to, to you know, take an elected official out of office. Okay, um, Sheriff Finch was a duly elected sheriff of Liberty County. Thank you. He had him arrested and removed from office. Yeah, so but there you go. But yet this Democrat, this Jeb Bush appointed Democrat, who, wait, wait, who wait, has who committed. Who appointed her? Jeb Bush Thank you. appointed Democrat. Oh, but he's a Hillary Snipes, Clinton lover anyway, so. Uh, has committed felony violations of voter law. And the Broward County prosecutor uh, essentially violated their oath, unethically covered for her. And in fact, if you look at what happened with the Broward County prosecutor's office and, and uh, when they refused to do anything about her felony violations... They did exactly the same thing that James Comey did. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. They took a statute and they inserted the requirement of intent, which was not part of the law. That's exactly what James Comey did. Said, well, she didn't really mean to do it. She didn't really mean any harm. Exa- she didn't it mean mirrors, any harm. It mirrors. Mm-hmm. And, only and, the, the only problem is, the is the way, that she was actually convicted and Hillary was not. So. By the way, don't forget, Comey operated under the banner of being a Republican. Yeah. So you're talking a mirror image of these tactics that all led to, and now think about it. Now connect the dots here. The very same tactics, James Comey, under the banner of Republican, he's in there, and so he's highly respected. And all of a sudden, this guy that everybody respected now, at the right time, at the right moment when they need him, flips covers for the violations of Hillary Clinton. Now, think about Snipes is in there, appointed by Jeb Bush, operating under the color Republican. He's there right at the right time. Right. These guys use the same tactic. Don't deal with her. She stays in there. And we, now at the right moment in time, we have this big controversy and, and, and it's just all chaos and drama. And it's this way and it's that way. And we're recounting. Oh, it looks like it looks like uh, DeSantis is going to win and Scott's going to win anyway. Uh, isn't that great? Oh, by the way, don't look behind the curtain. The one office that was flipped with these tactics is the Department of Agriculture who controls your right to bear arms. And don't forget Rick Scott and these guys were the ones that passed the, uh, what is the, the, what are they calling now, the red flag? The red flags, and, yeah. And tried to outlaw, tried to ban the right to bear arms from anyone under a certain age. 21, right? 21. Tried to unilaterally 
I mean, come on. That's these guys. That's yeah. Rick Scott. So you connect the dots. Build your own theory there. Yeah, well, that's and, and, and that's because we're not paying attention to local politics. You know, we talked about the fact that the Rick Scott was banning the, the right to keep and bear arms for people under the age of 21, uh, 18 years old to 21 are not allowed to defend themselves. You're allowed to go in the military. You're allowed to get married. You're allowed to buy a home. You're allowed to engage in a contract, but you are not allowed by these R's yep. to defend any of your life, your liberty, or your property. If some, if you are, if you are a 19-year-old married couple, and somebody breaks into your house, you own, do not have permission from the uh, from the state of Florida to defend your wife, your husband, your child in that home. But you can be sent off to Iraq. Right. With a, with plenty of weapons and right. and and quote unquote defend the nation. Right. But you don't have a right to defend your own. Now, and So and that's you why said, we got to get rid of this tribalism. Yeah, so so there's the thing just because so we're putting all these anti-liberty glo- liberty globalist in just because they're Republicans, that's all we look at. And by the way, that's the same that's the theory about Trump. Now, I don't know. See, I wanted to ask this question to the audience. So the idea is okay there's a lot of things we can see okay trump does these things that we agree with and like these things but then you can look at other things and so the theory is or the question is is this guy a patriot is mm-hmm. he a pragmatist is he a puppet or he, is he an actual player for the globalist right is is a lot because some people say well this is really if you look closely at it look at the people he's appointed look at the people he's nominated they're all globalists so is he just playing us? Is this all theater while he's doing some good things? There are other things going on that forwards the anti-liberty globalist agenda. I don't know. I, I would I'd like to hear if people have an opinion on that on sound. Go on SoundCloud and leave a comment. What do you think? Is this guy is Trump a patriot? Is he a puppet? Is he playing us? Is he just a pragmatist going along and being manipulated, being given bad advice by advisors in some of these instances? What What is going on here? What do you think? I don't know. Well, I think what I do know is that we need to become better educated on these issues so that we can have the boldness and the bravery to get involved. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. JC, this is our final segment of the day. It always goes by. Even, even when we're doing the Saturday show, which is a double dose of the Daily Journal, it just goes by so quickly. Yeah. And, and I think it's because that, that you know we have this passion to educate and to activate. And we need to... Um, we need to be a people who are activated when i when i teach and and i and i see the encouragement in the people's faces when they get this information so i think there's a lot of people out there jc who want to take a stand sure. who want to who want to be the person that says no more not here but we have been denied education the proper education and the skills for so very long 
that people know and they feel in, innately inside them what's right and what's wrong, but they lack the confidence to take the stand because they lack the, the, the foundation and education to articulate. It's a scary thing to stand up and debate somebody because that's the advantage that the liberals have, right? They can talk about a whole lot of nothing that means absolutely nothing and they can be completely ignorant in it, but they do it with such confidence. You need, you need competence and courage. Yes. That's what it takes. Competence and courage. Because yes. first you need the knowledge, you need the information, you know, to to be able to articulate, to argue, to make the right decisions and make the right principles and see things the right way. Once you have that, then that that's what fuels the 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 confidence. Right. And then you need that courage to actually act. See, there's a difference between confidence and courage. You could you can be confident about what you know and speak it confidently. But then you need to you need the courage to actually do it. And so that's what we need. And I see, you know, it's just like if you give. So let's say you give Rick Scott and all those guys benefit of the doubt that they are, you know, who they say they are. Well, then you seem to lack the courage to do what was right at the time when it needed to be done. And here is Snipes and all these guys down there to be able to do what they're doing because nobody had the courage to stand up and same thing on the behalf of the people you know courage enough to speak against the party to speak against the tribe and to say you know i don't care what kind of label this guy's carrying wh what party he's registering in, registered in let's look at his actions mm -hmm. let's look at what he does that's going to tell us who he is not not his party label so that to me takes courage the courage to stand up and and just like stuff we talk about because you talk about it hit me last night when you were sort of speaking about the state uh state power and local power and uh the nullification and 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 that sort of thing you you got to be courageous uh, courageous enough to speak these principles and stand for these principles because you're going to be called a racist mm -hmm. right you're going you're going to be called a neo-confederate racist who's trying to bring back uh, slavery, you know, pre-Civil War culture and that sort of thing. So you got to be bold enough to, to weather uh, these attacks from from the leftist. Well, and I think it comes with experience, too, because I always tell people don't shy away because you'll always learn something. Even if you feel like you walk away uh, and, and you don't know something and, and maybe you, you weren't quite as victorious as you wanted to be you didn't actually handle it the way you wanted you always learn, learn something, something. Yeah. it's about sharpening Definitely. your sword and i you know for me i'm always my worst enemy so people will say chrisanne that was awesome but then in your brain you're like oh i should have done this i should have sure. done that i should have done this but that whole process means that you will be better next time you'll be more advanced next time and and i'm grateful for every opportunity that we had i'm i only wish that we had more opportunities to do that and uh just uh as we say goodbye today uh i want to ask you to partner with us so that i can have more opportunities to be out in in this area Go to chrisannhall.com and donate. Look, we need we need people who are going to invest in liberty. We need people who are going to promote these things. Maybe you don't have uh, the knowledge. Maybe you don't have the boldness to make this. I do. So you can help us. Go to chrisannhall.com. Click that donate button. It takes money to get on these mainstream media news channels, and you can help us do that. Help us take the liberty narrative mainstream 
Thank you to everybody who does support us, who supports us regularly. God bless you. Share the show. Like the show. Click uh, on YouTube. Ring the Liberty Bell. Help us be uh, bring Liberty Mainstream again. God bless you. In sharing the blessings I received, let me know.